Hi, welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 Books, the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they are really worth your time. I'm Chelsea, a lover of any fantasy novel with a strong female lead, and a new mom desperately searching for time to read. And I'm Nicole. Um, currently, I've fallen in love with the genre of the space opera. Yeah, um, we are so excited to be here with you today. I am wondering with my intro... How long I can claim being a new mom since my child's almost two? <laughs> I mean, you'll be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to mention that last time we recorded, <laughs> but I just decided to let you have it because you're still very much in the like very small child stage. <laughs> I think I get to keep it till the new year and then I'll, then I'll change it up. <laughs> right before his second, second yeah. birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, have you been reading anything good lately? Um, I read one, a fun one called The Last Exiles by Anne Shin, and it was set, it was a uh, set in North Korea, which is always interesting. And the the author is um, Korean American, I believe, or South Korean, but living in America. And it was about it was set in North Korea in the present, and it was about two young people um, who fell in love, even though they're kind of from different classes. And then um, the man ends up having to flee North Korea um, into China and the girl follows him and then like mm-hmm. all of the terrible things that happened for them to like to find each other again and to be together and it was just it was always it was interesting um, it seemed well researched take on what it's like inside North Korea for example they were both students at a college to learn journalism but basically they were learning how to be propaganda mm. makers but they didn't see it that way because they they were young they had grown up in north korea yeah. their whole lives and and had never questioned it um until the man was like accused of a crime and had to flee and then they and that just like shattered shattered their illusions about the system um and it was really even though there was a lot of darkness in the book and they're trying to find each other there was a lot of hope in it too about their ability to for love just to help them survive at all you know yeah it was good i liked it nice what about you um i've read a decent amount of harry potter fan fiction lately and you know what i'm gonna stop being ashamed to admit it draco and hermione forever and (laughs) when you're tired and it's 3 a.m and your toddler won't sleep i i don't know what else you're meant to read in life (laughs) definitely um so that's been great uh but i mean I think that with reading, when you have a young kiddo, it should be about having moments where you're actually getting to do something for yourself or like getting to escape the fact that your child is screaming in your arms. Um, And so, you know, no shame. No shame. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what you like to read, it's still better than not reading at all. And Hermione is always a strong female lead. So like... So you're always happy. That's your thing. I'm always satisfied. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so that's what all I've been able to read lately, but what, except for our podcast book, what did we read? So the 74th book of our podcast journey is called Fugitive Pieces, and it's by Anne Michaels. It was published in 1996, and she's Canadian, not a common uh, nationality for the list. Kind of fun. Um, yeah, and so if you had to describe this book in one word, what would you say? Um, I would say Fallout. And my word is healing. Uh, Our quick plot, one sentence, or in this case, two sentences plot, is that a young Jewish boy survives World War II and is taken in by a Greek geologist. Throughout his life, the boy slowly processes his trauma through poetry and beauty. Yeah. Um, 
I this book was told in um, two plot sections. So the first half of the book was about the boy Jacob, um, who is, as we said, processing kind of the grief and and what actually happened to him. And also, I think there's a quite a long section of the book where he's processing the enormity of what happened to the world like he will go on into poems or like um, sections that are very poetic talking about like things that didn't directly happen to him but were like consequences of the holocaust um and then the second section of the novel which is shorter is follows um michael's no michael's is the author follows uh (laughs) sorry i'm trying to look up his name because i couldn't ever remember it in the book Who's the second character? I can't remember the second character. So the second character follows. um, It's a young man who really likes Jacob's poetry and is um, traveling to where Jacob lived to find that poetry. And had a personal connection to him. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying not to do spoilers. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it has a personal connection to him, too, which I guess, I mean, it's not like a giant. No. But, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I almost, when you were like, it had two sections, I didn't even, even even though it is divided that way in the book, yeah. I didn't even really think about it like that, because it was really, it felt natural. Like it, it, Some it of the books we the, read with two sections, it's like, whole se- separate book. Yeah. And not, that was not the case. It was just that the narration changed. Yeah, the narration So the voice, I felt like the voice was a little different in that second section when it was the um, guy who was. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like the. The main character processing his experience in the Holocaust and the Holocaust in general. And then it's like another guy think, thinking about like what is the impact of this guy's work on the world mm-hmm. and um, and what does it mean for all of us to like yeah. think about think about how we process a trauma. And um, when you said this, it's very poetical. This author actually, at least prior to this book, had only published collections of poetry, and this was her first novel, and you can so feel it in the writing. It's very lyrical, um, and, and I don't know, kind of delightful to read. The language itself was very yeah. nice. Um, yeah. I felt like it, um, too, it was very, uh, I don't generally don't love, um, long form poetry but this was nice because it was it felt so poetic but it was still a novel it still had a a through Mm storyline um that was really nice and then there was because it was written so poetically there were really poignant like lines or sections that were haunting um that were really well done um and so i really really liked that because the jacob he really doesn't process any of the trauma of what happened into him until late adulthood yeah like the healing journey is a long journey and so um in the beginning sections it's kind of like he's describing what he saw with his eyes almost but it's very poetically written it doesn't feel like it's written from a child's viewpoint because it's written looking back but um and then as he starts to process it it's i don't know it just had a very like beautiful build Mm-hmm. Um and then a beautiful like ending arc like it was very well written and I listened to it on audiobook and oh. the narrator's voice was really good for this because it just felt seems sounds weird to say it, like it almost felt like a lullaby like the oh, way the narrator's voice read it felt very like that kind of like 
soothing, but it was so interesting because it's telling in mass parts of the story, like reflecting on horrors of the world, but it's very melodic and lullaby like um, with the narration. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that word lullaby. I think that fits it well. Um, yeah. The, the other thing, one thing that stood out to me in this is that I feel like I've read a lot of both fiction and nonfiction about how um, survivors of the Holocaust, like the, the, that experience literally like changed people's DNA. Like it, it, it had a profound impact on people, of course, for the, the mm-hmm. to, at a cellular level for the rest of their lives and how in many communities, um, you know, they, maybe they immigrated to the United States afterwards or, you know, wherever or Israel and they, um, didn't talk too much about it to the next generation because it was so traumatic and, and there, it was, even now, obviously, we have in the United States, we don't have a very good mental health system at all. Yeah. But there is even less public discussion about how to deal with psychological trauma back then, right? Yeah. Uh, even less than now, um, and more stigma, and the, and so that, the children of Holocaust survivors, um, often in at least in fiction and some nonfiction I read, inherit this like huge thing that they don't know what to do with and it really affects them even though they didn't personally go through the holocaust and so it becomes it's like a narrative in in families that hasn't gone away even over decades and in this book it was really a felt like a a hopeful antidote to that because Mm -hmm. did jacob have like struggle in his life did he get married and divorced did he suffer depression and anxiety did he have further losses that only made his early losses come back to him yes like he had a life full of all its normal things um but he still was able to make meaning out of out of his life and out of the hard things that happened and it over the course of his life rather than like oh you didn't deal with it when you were 30 that's it you're never Mm -hmm. you know you're stuck in it forever it only it changes and grows with him as he grows all the way up until his death when he's 60 you Which know? is really reflective, I think, of how trauma actually functions. Yes, yeah. Um, rather than where the way it's sometimes presented. Right. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a, a, a like quick solution. But it's like learning. He's learning to like try to find beauty in the world every step of the way in every phase of his life in a new way mm-hmm. um and it and it and, he, and then in his char- the character like publishes poetry that then really resonates with people in the world of the book um because that is such a, and it's like oh i wish those books of poetry were real because yeah. they sound really good and it was um and i just uh, yeah i think i think you mentioned this before we started recording that like this is a world war ii book that i haven't read before and i've read a lot of world war ii books yeah. and this one stands out as something trying to say something a little bit different than the others um thinking more past the war years in the mm-hmm. long term and then um and that yeah. generational trauma and the generational yeah. stuff yeah which is so um i think we sometimes as a people in general ignore um the way generational traumas really affect people, not just the Holocaust, but generational traumas from many, many things in our history of our world. Um, and so it's not something that I often see talked about or written about in like novel form. Yeah. Totally. Um, like even like hinted at like this in novel form. So, so well in a way that was just like, you got it, but it wasn't like 
I have generational trauma. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like, this is like way back in the 90s, which yeah. I feel like it wasn't even that 20 years ago, it wasn't talked about as much as it is now. So that was really, um, I thought, really like beautifully well done um, in this book. And I, uh, in comparison, earlier on, like our second book ever was a book that had um, was set in World War Two, and oh yeah, it was that was a non like a memoir book. Yeah, and so it's interesting because sometimes I think we fault this list because they're just looking for, like, like from our last episode, they're just looking for a book to put in that feels like hoity-toity literature. Yes, it's and it's deep. It's so deep. Sometimes yeah. I think they do a really good job. Oh, I forgot we've read three Holocaust books. Yeah, we've read two memoirs and then this one. Yeah, and I and sometimes they do a really good job of painting an actual picture of an event that was really poignant in history and that is um, a touch point for people all over the world in history, for much of the world, and um, looking at it from different angles. And so it's so interesting that the authors of this list can sometimes be so on it with something like that yes and other times be (laughs) just so far off like it just baffles me (laughs) um I was thinking about that as we were last time we were recording when we were recording our last episode I was just like how can they get it right whether or not we put this on the list but how can they get it right with giving you multiple viewpoints and multiple perspectives on a situation that's a touch point for recent history um, like last 500 years history uh, and then other times just be like Meh, here's this philosophy book <laughs> yeah it is I mean I maybe maybe it's just a reflection that the original list was made by a group of people like who probably just submitted their things to one yeah. guy who like edited them and um, and he had to get to a thousand a thousand is a lot yeah. but and and I mean we're doing it from the second edition where he added more international, made it more internationalist, which is good. Um, but is but yeah, it's it's it both reflects. Oh, there's this group all contributing ideas, and there's this one go- human person and their inevitable bias making the list. Yeah, too. Yeah, um, and it's it's I mean, and part of that I wonder too is that. I mean, the Holocaust and World War Two and the cold war and all that is still recent. And so I feel like the ethos, like the, the idea they're building around those kind of topics maybe makes more sense to us than things from the 1700s. Um, because those are things we like have a a grasp. I say that like loosely, we don't have a grasp of the Holocaust, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like we have a grasp of the magnitude of what happened in those situations that we maybe don't. It hasn't faded totally into historical to sounding like history it still sounds real Mm -hmm. in a way that something from like the civil war just sounds like history to me more than yeah like real somehow but even though i know i'm not saying the civil war didn't happen yeah but yeah but like i i wonder why i i wish there was a better way to do that for some of the older books like there's been a few like crime and punishment but that also was only 1880s 1860s i think so, like, still, that's not that long ago in the arc of history. And that one felt like a touch point And, like, you could get a sense of place and time and a picture that you were painting and how maybe that built into current-day historical events. But, like, some of those older ones, I'm just like, I don't – I can't – I 
can't draw the connection. Yeah. Either you're smarter than me or you were really reaching. I don't know which. (laughs) (sighs) You know, when you mentioned that we'd read those two other World War II books for the list, the second we read... That was, I think it had man in the title. If I, if I, if I were a man, if this is a man, if if this this is is a man, man. I, that one was a memoir and it was, that was like, we had, there was two books in the binding and we read the second one just because, because we were both so into it. And this book, even though this one is fiction, it has that same feeling. Because when we read that book, uh, this, this is a man, we were like, wow, it's so different to read a book written, you know, only 10 years afterwards by a survivor, someone who, compared to fiction book mm-hmm. and this book despite being not a survivor and 50 years later gave it, me that same kind of feeling yeah looking at retrospectively mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i really i liked this book a lot yeah i'm gonna read my favorite line from the book um find a way to make beauty necessary find a way to make necessity beautiful yeah so good it reminds me of another quote from a another book that I think future home of the living God that I read a few years ago. And that's like a futuristic um, dystopian type thing where pregnant women are like being like taken because they're people, humans are having trouble reproducing yeah. and stuff. And the, there's a, I wrote a line in my quote no- notebook that was from that book. That was something like, um, I think we, we survive because we care about beauty and because we find each other beautiful. Yeah. The same kind of sentiment. Yeah. I, I liked this book. I think that there's, I think that I will think about this book. Totally. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe not in plot specifics, but just, I think that the way the prose was the way that melodical lyrical lullaby, like, um, I think that'll affect how I read like fiction based in World War II going forward. Yeah. When you were talking about like fiction and writing in the last 500 years, it just made me think that that's not that long. Um, even though like that's really all we have access to because of like the printing press and you know, stuff like that. It's stupid library it's, of Alexandria um, burning right. down. It's interesting. And I, I wonder, <laughs> we haven't read yet any of the books in the list that are, really old Mm -hmm. and i don't remember if the tales of janai is on there which is like one of the first work novels i don't remember um written by a woman and but i am curious to read that an acquaintance of mine like spent one summer reading that because it's like separate tales you know um and she was like for the summer i just want to try to read one big massive like chunkster book and i always come back to the idea um especially like that one seems good because it's already broken up into smaller chunks seems 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 doable but I'm not sure if that's on the list or not. But I'm curious how we'll feel about it. Because we have read some older ones that we connected with more than just Crime and Punishment. Yeah. Um, but it is – often we'll, we'll be like, oh, this one is good. It reads like a modern novel. Yeah. And then it is really hard to capture what it was like to live at a different time. You know? And yeah. and, and, and that's only the, the, the centuries that we even have a chance of having written words about. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting – I don't know. It's an interesting problem, I bet, for this list. And I feel like the more we get to those older books, the more they're just going to be like, well, this is the only one we had. Yeah, there's one book from this century from Asia that we have, like, in English. Here it is. And so that that probably naturally limits what happens with that section of the book list. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we should answer, do we think this belongs on the list? Yes. yes. 
Wow, we haven't put one on the list in a while. I'm I glad know. we got a good one. And no, sometimes we put them on the list and we didn't really enjoy them, but I like enjoyed this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. This is like <laughs> on the shorter list of ones. I was like, oh, I'd actually like read this, right? Yeah. I'd recommend this to other people. Um, not just as a educational yeah. exercise. <laughs> it wasn't just a, some sort of test we put ourselves through. We actually liked this yes. one. <laughs> um, what's our next book? Our next book is Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. Oh, I... I, I've seen the movie version of this book. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's a it's a great kind of like lo- lower budget, like not big studio movie, um, and the about like a older woman who kind of gets like swept up in a young woman's like wild life in the like twenties or thirties, maybe and or maybe the forties. I think right on the eve of like World War Two starting, so like late thirties early 40s and it and it's the movie was really fun and so I expect the book if the book is written at all like the movie because who knows um I think it'll be a fun one yeah well I hope it doesn't disappoint you because how sad would it be for you if you had to say the movie was better than the book oh it would be so sad I'd be so sad about it (laughs) we will have to update you next time but until then you can find us on let's see at 1001 books podcast or email us at 1001 books podcast at gmail.com Until next time, happy reading. reading.